So today we will talk about the topic of how to resolve our inner conflicts. Thank you for being here with me. And uh, we will try to dive in the topic and this uh, whole process of resolving our inner conflicts from the side of uh, our spiritual practice. And I will share one of uh, the famous stories of the uh, adventures of Narada Muni. And I will try to take from this adventure some hints how we can resolve these inner conflicts. But uh, first, some beginning words about the conflicts, about the conflicting parts, because uh, when we say that uh, we have an inner conflict, to have a conflict, that means that there is some opposition. So there is at least two things that are opposing each other. And in our spiritual context, this will be our material identity, our mind, which is covered by the material energy, which is bound by material um, attachments, and our sadhana prospect to go in this sadhaka identity to try to develop our spiritual identity. But on uh, this stage of uh, Anishta Bhajana Kriya, we know that all the anarthas come out and this is uh, like a process in which we try to develop the positive side, to dive into, to get in the shoes of our spiritual identity, to develop taste, to have our Anishta um, stability in the practice. But our material identity is still also there and taking hold. And in my first uh, lecture in February, we talked about different kinds of anarthas and how we can develop a different perspective towards them, a bit uh, maybe in some ways also helpful. And uh, now we will continue a bit in this direction. So when we have our material mind and our conscious um, conscious desire for us to become more spiritually attached and develop taste for the practice, uh, we know that this material identity comes in the way. And there is this struggle, this inner conflict. But um, from um, system theory in psychology, from the family psychotherapy. And we know that to go out from a conflict, the parts, the conflicting partners need to go out from the 
liminal space of conflict together. There is uh, no resolving of the conflict if one goes out of the conflict zone alone. If I'm struggling, struggling with uh, my wife, if, if I go out from the conflict, but she is still there, uh, this makes uh, no resolution. We need to be able to go together out of this space to have this repair and our connection to become stronger. So um, this is the first uh, important thing I wanted to emphasize that our, also in our inner conflicts, we need to, um, it's not just a matter of shutting down, of dismissing, of uh, escaping of this inner conflict, escaping from our material mind but we need to go out of the conflict together with our material mind. And this is the first important part because many times uh, when we have these material desires or all unwanted behaviors and this gives inner tension, opposition, something is conflicting with our desires to be more disciplined, to practice more, then we want to just escape, to shut down from this material mind, to try to shut it down. But uh, in this way, mostly this uh, conflict is not well repaired. There is no good resolution. And in some time, our mind can bring up the topic again. So uh, to be able to do this, we need to have a proper appreciation, a proper attitude towards this, um, this conflict and the opposition that we have from our mind. So this is uh, the first thing that uh, it is very important to consider because if we don't uh, want to have again and again the same situations, the same topics, the same behaviors coming out, we need to dive deeper and have a better inner resolution. And how to do this? Uh, the story of Narada Muni and the hunter Megari is very, um, I think, a practical representation of the way a practitioner could address the conflict between him and his mind or her and her mind. And uh, I will start a bit with the story. We will go through it and I will make some stops and I will add some comments and uh, I will connect the idea I'm now expressing with the resolution of conflicts with the story of Narada Muni and Migari. Once upon a time, the great Saint Narada, after visiting Lord Narayana in the Vaikuntas went to Prayaga to bathe at the confluence of three rivers, the Ganges, Yamuna, and Saraswati. Narada Muni saw that a deer was lying on the path through the forest and that it was pierced by an arrow. It had broken legs and was twisting due to much pain. Farther ahead, Narada Muni saw a boar pierced by an arrow. Its legs were also broken 
and it was twisting in pain. When he went farther, he saw a rabbit that was, that was also suffering. Narada Mundi was greatly pained at heart to see living entities suffer so. When Narada Muni advanced farther, he saw a hunter behind a tree. This hunter was holding arrows and he was ready to kill more animals. The hunter's body was blackish. He had reddish eyes and he appeared fierce. It was as if the superintendent of that Yamaraja was standing there with bows and arrows in his hands. So I will make the analogy that uh, Narada Muni, this saintly person, is ourselves, our goal to be our ideal, to be such saintly persons who have this uh, standing in spiritual life. And Megari, the hunter, a representation of our material mind, which is attached to material things, these uh, demonic tendencies, what a more, more powerful representation of the, the, what a more powerful representations of all the things that we don't want in ourselves. The hunter Megari with this, uh, blackish body, reddish eyes, like Ram Yamaraja himself standing there. And Narada, the representation of ourselves, the ideal that we want to have, like compassion, like saintliness, and Megari, our mind. And what happens next? When Narada Muni left the forest path and went to the hunter, all the animals immediately saw him and fled. When all the animals fled, the hunter wanted to chastise Narada with abusive language. But due to Narada's presence, he could not utter anything abusive. The hunter addressed Narada Muni, O oh Goswami, O oh great saintly person, why have you left the general path through the forest to come to me? Simply by seeing you, all the animals I was hunting have now fled. This is a uh, important part that Megari felt the presence of Narada Muni. He felt his emptinesses and uh, the presence of Narada Muni already impacted the state in which is Megari. He could not express abusive language because this presence of the saintly person kind of made him change. And he glorified August one, all great saintly person. Narada then replied, leaving the path, I have come to you to settle a doubt that is in my mind. I was wondering whether all the boars and the other animals that are half killed belong to you. So here um, already we can start to see the attitude in which Narada Muni, the non the non-violent manner in which he's approaching the hunter. Now the Muni for sure knows that he that did this to the animals because he's such a hunter with the arrows, but he's approaching like with curiosity, trying to give chance to the other person to explain, to answer. He's not coming to the conflict zone 
with already fixed prejudice. Oh, this is the hunter, and now I'm going to chastise him. And this is the first thing that uh, I think that, uh, and from many uh, research, we can say that this attitude is very important also towards ourselves, towards our weaknesses, our material conditioning, desires, some behaviors. That first, we don't go with this attitude of chastising and being aggressive to ourselves, but trying to be curious. And this curiosity gives already the first step towards connection, towards the possibility to have a construct, constructive dialogue with this part of ourselves. And here, this is represented by the question of Narodomuni. And the hunter replied, yes, what you're saying is so. Confirmation from the part of the hunter. Narodomuni then inquired, why did you not kill the animals completely? Why did you half kill them by piercing their bodies with arrows? So here we have, again, some curiosity uh, elaborating on the, um, this topic, what is happening, to analyze what is the situation, what are the motives, why he's doing so. And this is also very important when we want to change something or to resolve some inner conflict, to see what is the our material identity now, which is in some twist, in some chaos, what is there? With curiosity to research, to investigate, what is there? Why? What, what is the motive? What is happening inside that this mind of mine is in such a such a pain or wanting to avoid something or driven to other things. The hunter replied, my dear saintly person, my name is Mrigari, enemy of animals. My father told me to kill them in that way. When I see how killed animals suffer, I feel great pleasure. And here we see that the hunter is explaining that he has some um, family trauma, some uh, family trauma, generational trauma that's, that is passing <laughs> a skill that is making uh, traumatic things. He uh, was taught by his uh, father to kill them that way. Naradamuni then told the hunter, and here for me was a very interesting part of the dialogue. I have one thing to beg of you. So here we see that Naradamuni then goes in this humble mood, making a request, I'm begging. In, in that way, he still continues to be in this non-violent position, but also humble and with some compassion. The hunter replied, you may take whatever animals or anything else you would like. I have many skins if you would like them. I shall give you either a deer skin or a tiger skin. And we see that this uh, nonviolent approach is already working because the hunter is uh, replying positively. He, he responds and he wants to give already to Naradamin. Uh, this is a basic. Uh, report building 
process. Narada Muni is very humble, with curiosity, without chastisement, without aggressiveness, approaching the hunter. And this already um, brings the guard down of the hunter and he wants to give. This is already some positive uh, connection. And this is also what we want to receive from our minds to, um, to make it work with us, not to be an enemy, but to be a friend. And that way, the first two things that we mentioned with curiosity, non-violent, trying to investigate what is happening, is already, so to say, bringing down the tension. And this would happen also to ourselves, to our conflict inside with the mind. Narada Muni said, I do not want any of the schemes. I'm only asking one thing from you in charity. I beg you that from this day on, you will kill animals completely and not leave them half dead. So this is the important thing that struck me the first time I heard the story. That uh, here Nara the Muni is giving like uh, advice, recommendation to the hunter and he's begging the hunter to kill the animals, to not leave them half dead. And first, when I heard the story, I was thinking, okay, uh, he's Narada Muni. He knows that uh, this is not uh, okay. And uh, he should tell directly the hunter not to kill. I beg you not to kill because this is uh, not okay. Not okay for you, totally not okay. But Narada Muni, is continuing this uh, very um, very good approach. He's begging and uh, this humbleness still is there. And also he's giving advice, which is on the level of the mentality of the mindset of the world view of the hunter. He's connecting deeper to him, to his uh, identity as a hunter. Mm. And sometimes also when we have these inner struggles and inner conflicts with our mind, uh, we should try to connect what is there. What is some advice that can be mm, appreciative and can be mm, taken in a okay way from our mind. Because sometimes when we try to be direct, harsh, aggressive, very strict with our mind, which is still influenced by the material things, we have a reaction. We know that um, what we persist, what we resist, it persists. So when we try to suppress, many times it leads to depression or it leaves in some expression, not in a healthy way. So uh, here also this idea that to connect with the mind, to take the attention of our mind, if it's not able to stop doing or maybe stop distracting ourselves with uh, social media, to try to um, cut a bit the time. Maybe it won't be able for us to stop directly, 
but to make a step closer to that. Uh, to be more strategic in our inner process, addressing the things that are stopping us, like behaviors and such things. To have this uh, idea of uh, Narada Muni, how he approached the hunter and he gave him advice on his level. Because uh, if he just said to him, just stop, maybe he would be angry, the report would be broken, and no, mm, no conflict resolution would happen. Mm -hmm. This will be only like uh, tearing apart everything and we will continue this inner struggle and uh, our fight with the mind would also continue. And here the hunter is sur surprised because he um, doesn't expect such a thing from such an advice or such a request from Narada Muni. My dear sir, what are you asking of me? What is wrong with the animals lying there half killed? Will you please explain this to me? Narada Muni replied, if you leave the animals half dead, you are purpose, pur purposefully giving them pain. Therefore, you will have to suffer in retaliation. My dear hunter, your business is killing animals. That is a slight offense on your part. But when you consciously give them unnecessary pain by leaving them half dead, you inquire very great sins. All the animals that you have killed and given unnecessary pain will kill you one after the other in your next life and in life after life. In this way, through the association of the great sage Narada Muni, the hunter was a little convinced of his sinful activity. So we see here that Narada Muni then explains everything, but he first catches the mind of the hunter and then he gives explanation. Uh, he's, and in this explanation, Narada Muni is also showing his compassion towards this uh, demoniac hunter who is taking pleasure in leaving half dead animals. But we see here his compassionate approach. He's like concerned, concerned about the hunter because he's uh, putting himself in great danger. That he's uh, making very bad karma and life after life, the animals will kill him. So we see this uh, compassionate approach and how, um, how Narada Muni is caring for Megari. And this is also um, a way that we can address our material mind, because as uh, we discussed in the first class, uh, our material identity, these uh, attachments and desires and the behaviors that we don't want, at the end come down to some needs, some values, some beliefs, which can be redirected or nurtured by our spiritual practice. But to be able to go there, we need to um, unpack everything. 
if we confront our material identity only on the bad behaviors, only on this outer layer, then we miss totally the possibility for deep connection and redirecting our material identity on the basis of the deeper construct. Identity is beliefs, values, needs. And uh, by showing some compassion towards these material parts of ourselves, uh, we can go down the pain, the need that uh, wants to be nurtured, the inner conflict, conflict that needs a resolution. And we see here that Narada Muni um, standing there in front of this uh, very sinful person, he's showing compassion towards him. He, he's explaining and giving some advice on the level of compassion, um, caring, supportive, that he's considered about, that he's considering the well-being of the hunter. And this approach um, is, uh, is able to put the down, uh, is enabling a better connection and the hunter is putting down his guard more and his heart becomes open towards the saintly person. The hunter admitted that he was convinced of his sinful activity and he said, I have been taught this business from my very childhood. Now I'm wondering how I can become freed from these unlimited volumes of sinful activity. And we see also as uh, our self that our material conditioning is from childhood, from so many, many past lives. And this is also coming here for Megare. He doesn't know better because he mm, has not seen better. His father, his grandfather give this lineage and he's uh, in this state of consciousness because no one else teach him, taught him better. And now mm, with this compassionate approach, Narada Muni is giving us first making connection and then he's able to instruct. instruct. We, first we connect, then we can lead. And um, by trying to use this approach also towards our material mind, we will be more able to lead and uh, take it with us to the direction that is beneficial for us. If we start with uh, violent language, with this idea that we are fighting our mind, we know that uh, maybe also from experience and also from Shastra, that this is uh, totally unstoppable power, which is like a like uncontrolled, very strong wind that is totally unable to be controlled by us. But when we have this compassionate approach, we can see that something is happening. We reach down and to, we get uh, deeper to our pain, to our identity, what is the core of our identity. And then we can start to instruct. It's not that we... Uh, only accept and okay this is 
this is it. I need this. This is my material identity. So I surrender to it. But no, we, if uh, we try to make this connection with curiosity, with compassion, then with courage, we can lead. Then we can start to explain how we can support this part of this part of us which is in some struggle or which is conditioned and uh, does uh, all the things because uh, this part doesn't know better because this is some generational trauma this is some social context in which she was uh, like uh, educated influenced And then already Narada um, explains, first of all, break your bow. Oh, then I shall tell you what is to be done. And here the story continues with uh, Narada Muni uh, expressing doubts and fears, how he will continue because he knows only this, to kill animals. This is uh, his work, he uh, makes a living like this and first this idea is totally shocking for him how to do it but now the Muni continues giving some um, support explaining that he will take care and uh, yeah now the Muni continues to instruct him and the hunter is uh, following the instruction and going um, going all the way and we know that uh, at some point uh, Narada Muni gives a name for Migari to chant, but uh, he could not chant it. And then uh, Narada Muni gives him to chant the name of Mara, which is the opposite of Rama, the goddess of death, Mara. And this is again some. Uh, shiksha, some advice, which is on the level of the hunter. Um, Narada Muni continues to have this very personal, very, um, yeah, very personal approach towards Gary. And considering again that he has still this material conditioning and he's not able to go directly to chant Krishna, Rama. So he gives him to chant Mara. And we know that starting to chant Mara, 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 Rama, Rama, then it goes in that direction. And uh, Mrigari becomes Valmiki, the person in which mind all the Ramayana is uh, channeled and uh, expressed through him. Uh, and in this story, we see that uh, the, the power of the proper attitude, the power of proper dialogue, and uh, this analogy for a constructive way of dealing with conflicts and resolutions. Because uh, this analogy that if you want to be like Narada and to have this strong spiritual uh, Shakti desires standing and uh, Megari as our mind, which is still in very demoniac things and unwanted behaviors and desires. 
we see in this uh, dialogue between Narada and Migari, how with curiosity, compassion, with strategic thinking and uh, giving advice, which is uh, very appropriate, very flexible towards the person, then this huge change is happening, like totally uh, the identity of Migari is changed. And uh, I think that for me, this was a very inspiring story. And uh, I try to think of our inner uh, conflicts and dealings with our mind in that way that uh, sometimes if um, there is struggle, conflict that is uh, not getting any better, despite the efforts that we put to be more um, disciplined, to try to uh, change it, but nothing is happening. Maybe we can try to develop this uh, non-violent approach to go deeper in ourselves, in our conditioning to see what is happening there, to go on that level from behaviors, going through the emotion, feelings, vulnerabilities, and then to the core of our material identity, the needs, the values, the beliefs, and then on that, on that level to give instruction. Go, go there and to redirect or to nurture these parts with sadhu sangha, with our sadhana, because we know that at the end these are the things that these are the things that make real change and are able to foster, to nourish our spiritual identity. But to go on that level of uh, our material identity that needs to be changed, this uh, deep beliefs, desires, and values, first, we need to go through these uh, defenses, coping mechanisms, and some protective parts of ourselves. We need to um, go through them. And sometimes they do not, um, they do not open the door because, um, why? Because these uh, behaviors sometimes have some um, survival value, some, um, survival value, some protective motive inside. And we can see also the story of Narada and Megara also in that way. Um, as I said, if we want to change and to resolve this inner conflict, our mind, it's not only our mind, but these are coverings, behaviors, some unwanted things that we do, then we have the level of uh, feelings, emotions, some vulner vulnerabilities inside, and then is this deeper part of the values, the stories we tell, the beliefs we have, and the needs, which are the basic, the, the core of our identity, also our material identity. And if we want to resolve the conflict in a good manner, in a healthy manner, that it won't only um, 
be on the superficial level and then again we struggle in some time again with the same we need to go all the way and uh, this is also represented in the story of Narada and Mergai. First, we see that uh, Narada is approaching the hunter and discussing his um, his bad behavior, the things that he is doing. He's killing animals. He's leaving them half dead. And uh, Narada Muni first goes through this layer. He's saying, okay, why you do this? What is happening? Why you act in such a way? Why not like this? Why this? And he's gaining some, some information about the behavior. What is, uh, what is the behavior and what is driving it? What is uh, the inner motive, the inner um, desire that is leading to this behavior? What is the deeper reason for this behavior? And this is very important that um, to be able to change the things that we don't want to do or we want to do better or we want to stop doing, we need to see what is the motive. Why am I distracting myself with social media? Why I'm so uh, critical towards other people? Uh, why? I'm very um, trying to escape my responsibilities. What is driving my behavior? And we see that by this approach that Narada Muni is um, applying, Mergari goes to the next level. He's, he's explaining, I, I've been taught that way. My father told me like this. I feel also some um, nice feeling by leaving them like this, the animals. And we see that um, the hunter is already expressing some deeper things. Okay, we know about his origin, that from childhood he was... Uh, um, he was told by his father like this. He doesn't know better. And we see also that there is some feeling involved. But he, he likes it. He likes it, kind of. Uh, but then uh, Narada Muni is going deeper, giving some advice, some context. What this behavior is... Uh, giving the hunter as, as consequences, what will happen if he continues that way. So here we can, when we have the deeper motive why we do things, we can express the, the difference that would make if we try to change, if we try to um, act in comparison to give the other possibility or to explain to our mind what is the consequences of this behavior. And then we see that um, Narada Muni, by continuing, he is going to the identity of Megare. Because when Narada Muni says, okay, you just uh, break your bow and everything, you change 
your life. But uh, my guard then says that this is my identity. From childhood, I'm like this. And also he's expressing the needs. I won't be able to maintain myself. How will I make a living? This is everything I've got. You can see that dialogue uh, is already going and the conflict resolution is addressing the deeper part, the, the core of the material identity of Mrigari. If he changed this, he won't have a living. He's kind of dead. So um, this whole behavior that is on the outer layers that is uh, visible, it's driven by this, uh, in a way, survival impulse. And uh, this is his whole life. So it would be very hard for him to change it. But then Narada Muni is giving support, giving support, saying, okay, I hear you. I see this is important for you because this is a very basic need. And it's normal that you're con you're concerned about this. Totally okay that uh, you have fear. What will you do if you change this? But I'm here for you. I will support. You have already Sadhu Sangha. I will give you practice, chanting the mantra, sadhana, and everything will happen. But I will come, I will see, I will come to you. And uh, in this way, we see that uh, Narada is giving this uh, divine intervention, but not on the level of uh, only the misbehavior, but going through the uh, whole stages to directly through the uh, to the core of the material identity of my guy. His basic belief about himself, his need to survive, have a living. In this way, he is uh, changing him with his uh, support. And uh, I see in this story our like uh, change process and ability to also um, approach our inner struggles and our misbehaving parts in a way to consider on a deeper level what is happening. Why I'm still doing this? Then going to the feeling, emotion, vulnerability. Is there some pain avoidance or pleasure seeking, some comfort? And then going deeper to the need. And uh, we can start also uh, be more reflective if we have such a struggle in our life or some conflict with our mind to see if uh, if I'm more critical and this is my misbehavior, maybe um, beneath this is uh, my feeling that uh, of, of anger. Maybe I'm angry, maybe I uh, feel disconnected, maybe um, I have some anxiety that I'm not doing well and this is uh, projecting towards the other person so I'm critical also. Um, about myself to myself. And then going deeper, there is maybe the need to be appreciated. Maybe there is the need to 
to feel that I'm okay, I'm going. Maybe there's some belief I'm unworthy and I need to push myself more. And this is driving the whole behavior. Or if I'm distracting myself and I can uh, fix to the practice, maybe we need this is some, um, some anxiety and uh, my mind is trying to escape from this anxiety with uh, distracting behavior. Maybe there is some anxiety that I'm again not doing correctly the things, maybe some pressure too much, some expectation too much. How should I already be? And this puts so much tension, so much uh, discomfort that I cannot handle it and I need to distract myself. And going deeper, then there could be the need to feel more secure, to feel more again connected, or again there could be this uh, feeling that I'm not um, doing okay, I'm unworthy, so that's why I need to push more, more myself to have more expectations towards me. But this again puts tension and I distract. At the end, I just want to distract myself because it's too much to bear. And uh, this could be applied to many behaviors. We go there, there to the, then we go there to, to the feeling, to the emotion, to the vulnerability. There is some anxiety, fear, anger, sadness. And then we go deeper. What is the need, belief? And how, when we go down there, the core of this uh, material identity or this material part of me, how can I nurture it on this deeper level with my sadhana, with sadhu sangha? And this should uh, make, a, um, make a better chance to resolve the conflict in a more sustainable manner, manner not only to fight again and again and the same issue coming back and back again and again, but trying to resolve it on this deeper level, level and give a change in our material parts. Um, but yeah, this is like, uh, this is the thing and the idea I wanted to share with you today with this uh, analogy with Narada and Migari and how he changed his material identity, but going all the way from the behavior, feeling, the core of the identity, and with the proper approach, curiosity, compassion, expressing that he cares, and then giving advice on the level that uh, the hunter could accept it, could uh, apply it, could receive it. In this way also, we could uh, develop this uh, relationship and this attitude approach 
towards the different parts of ourselves that are still struggling with unwanted or unbeneficial behaviors or our sadhana, some desires, feelings that uh, are mixing, uh, messing up our inner sense of uh, dedication, calmness, stableness. And then going also to the core with the need and the values, the beliefs, and trying to make a change on that level with our spiritual practice, with sadhusanga, with sadhana. And this idea that from the conflict we could uh, we can um, we can go out from the conflict place only together with the person partner part of ourselves with which we are struggling with which we have some opposition. If we go alone out. This part is still there in the conflict, and maybe we are only suppressing, and this thing will show again in our life in some in some way, or maybe from from deeper will lead to some behaviors against some emotions that will uh, make our life harder. But if we have the idea that, okay, some part of me is having struggle or is opposing my desire for better sudden or the process of diving deeper, how can I support it? How can I support it so then I can lead her to the desired thing, have more taste, to feel more connected or surrendered? How can I nurture this need that is there in a healthy, healthy way for my sadhana and for developing more, more my spiritual identity? There are some comments, some questions. When you were talking about the mind or the hunter letting his guard down after his experience with Narada Muni, would you say that the false ego has to disconnect from the mind to a certain extent in order for the guard to be let down? The mind is strongly connected with the ego. Can you say that sadhana will help us drop the false ego? Yes. Actually, uh, we can say that the false ego with the material mind, uh, I didn't make the distinction, but uh, for me, um, false ego, it's kind of again like uh, some uh, sub-personality of our material identity can come up. Uh, so yeah, different. Uh, we have, we can say that from the, uh, different attachments, material attachments, maybe there are some um, sub-personalities, sub-ego parts that are there.
The false ego, yeah, it's consisted of uh, this false sense of me, my, mine, I, and uh, it's there is this whole construct of behaviors with uh, feelings, emotions, desires, and deeper beliefs and uh, needs. Mm, this false sense of self, it's on uh, some um, we know. Some video about our true nature, what we are, and this is uh, a belief, a belief from which a need comes, and some we start to value things that are not uh, be valued, but because we have this belief that we are separate, we are mortal, like this, everything com comes up. But when we start to have this uh, already sadhana identity, sadaka identity. We try, we are in this liminal space. We are not, uh, all, um, we have some idea and we want to go and to develop spiritual identity, but we are also more um, also conscious about the material false identity that is coming up. And uh, we can, uh, yeah, be more reflective, conscious, and trying to go to the root of our false ego, so the belief, the need, and on that level to nurture it with our practice so that it can uh, dissolve and build more our true identity, true ego. Okay, I'll stop the recording now.